We're in the tail end of a series called the biography of J.R.R. Tolkien, who is the famous fantasy writer of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. It's kind of your, I don't know, it's, it's very unusual, but I just wanted to do it. I think partly because God has something to say about this, this Christian's life, this man's life, and the way that he used creativity to reach the world. In the beginning of this series, I argued that Tolkien is probably the most influential Christian of the 20th and the 21st century as far as reach goes. And the message that probably defended that statement the best was, the, was last week's sermon, where there was a dialogue, a, a real-life dialogue between uh, C.S. Lewis, hopefully you know who that is, and J.R.R. Tolkien. So all the amazing things and profound statements that Lewis stated, he ripped it off from Tolkien. So uh, that dialogue is probably why I think that he is the most influential. He has very specific biblical themes that he begins to weave into his stories, his fairy tale stories. One of the very dominant themes is that there is light in the darkness. This is a fascinating theme for us in this season because I don't know if it's me, but I feel like we're in dark times. Or maybe on the very edge of it. All of us, well, I shouldn't say all of us. I'll tell you why I shouldn't say all of us in a moment. But how many people have gone through dark times? <laughs> you just go ahead and raise your hand if you've gone through dark, a dark season. There's different types of dark seasons. There are different types of dark times. And when you are in relationship with Jesus, well, he just lightens that whole thing up. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's not that it, it seems like impossible. I'm not saying that those things don't go away. But if you have Jesus in your life, there's nothing that you cannot do to overcome the darkness that's in, that, you're, that you find yourselves in. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, I was doing premarital counseling with a couple. And we've got this great assessment that we do. So it's called the Symbus Assessment. If you are married and need a little bit of help, this is a great thing that you can do. If you're, I don't know if we have any young people getting married, but you definitely should do this if you're a young person and getting married. Michael Jones, who just did announcements, he can, he can take you through it. He's a much better counselor than I am. So if you ever do like pastoral counseling with me or marriage counseling with me, I'd be like, what? What's the matter with you? So he has much more patience than I do. But this is a great assessment. And when you take this assessment on your marriage and, and on future marriage relationship, what's amazing about it is, is that it will point out and highlight everything that is wrong with your spouse and what they need to do to fix themselves. Because it's not your fault, right? It's all their fault. So if you, if you need like a little uh, cheat sheet and you can show your spouse, see, look, this is what this assessment says. This is why, this is why you're all messed up. So um, I think it's great. So I did this for a couple. And let me see if I can show you some, uh, 
I can't show you, show you. But it has like graphs and stuff. And so they're like pegging all the positive stuff. Like there is nothing wrong with this couple. I don't even know why they came in to see me. Like, this is their, like, chores and expectations of what you're supposed to do in the house. Like, I've been married 40 years, and I, 40 years, I've been married 20, 20, (laughs) I've been married 22 years. I know, it just feels like 40. (laughs) And we are still not on the same page about who's taking out the garbage. This couple who's never been married, they're literally on the same page. I said to them, you should be teaching me this right now. They have this, and they're just, it, it's gross. They're so perfect. And so part of this assessment, it teaches you how to respond during difficult times? Are you a resilient person? Are you a resilient couple, right? And this is probably one of the words that the the Lord's given our church lately is that we need to start building in resilience now. And so what's great about that is, is that it asks you like under pressure, under stress, this is how you may respond or this is how your spouse may perceive you when you're under stress. And so I asked this couple, um, what, tell me about a difficult season in your life, some struggle that you've had in your, in your relationship or in life in general. And it's so sweet, but so naive. They're like, well, we haven't gone through anything hard yet. I'm like, what are you saying? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, we haven't gone through, we haven't had any major fights. We haven't, you know, we haven't had a dark moment in our relationship. I was like, wait, just give me a second. <laughs> give me something to work with. And they were like literally in that blissful place. They had never had a hardship in their life. They haven't had a financial breakdown. Everything is fine at work. Their relationship, they're still, you know, in love with each other. I mean, it's amazing. And me and my sensitivity is like, oh, you just wait. <laughs> it's coming. You just wait. There will be dark days ahead. Just trust me. There will be dark days ahead. And I think we all get that. I think we're all going to have to bury a loved one. We're all going to have relationship problems. We're all going to have financial issues. Those are unavoidable things in life. And even Jesus says it. In this life, you will have trouble. But then there's that but, right? There's always that big but. But I have overcome the world, he says. So that's, that's an encouraging thought. If you've been watching the news, it feels, again, as if we are in dark times. There's different types of dark times and different types of dark seasons. There's darkness in your life if you're not connected to the body of Christ, if you're not connected to a church, if you're not in prayer, if you're not in the word of God, if you're not meditating on the good things of God, uh, your, your mind will dim. Like literally, your mind will get dark. You'll, you'll go to dark places in your mind if you're not plugged into the body of Christ and if you're not in his word and if you're not 
having what we call that personal relationship with Jesus, your mind, your mind will go dark. You'll, you'll, you'll start to think negative things and dark things. You get, um, you, like, clinically, you'll get depressed. So that's a, that's a very struggle for most of us, and it's a struggle for me. You have to, you have to fight. You have to, you have to say to yourself, no, I'm not going to think that way. I have the mind of Christ. I'm going to hold every thought captive. I'm going to make these negative thoughts obedient. I'm going to capture every thought and make them obedient to Christ. So that's a strength. That's a discipline that every believer has to, has to face. Make sure that you're not in, in dark gray matter in your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, yeah? Other darkness comes in like if you get sick. Have you ever had to deal with a debilitating illness or like a surgery or something like that? It's hard, isn't it? When I first um, started leading the church at the senior level, I had like, I, I don't know, like, sometimes I just don't know why things happen. I don't know if it was spiritual warfare, I don't know if it was my body breaking down, I don't know what was going on, but I had major complications with past hernia stuff, and I had all kinds of major problems. I would, get, I would come up here and I would preach, do my best, and then afterwards I'd go pass out upstairs. Like the physical toil on my body was, I just could not bear the pain. And it got to the point where I was like taking Vicodin and that made things even worse. It just kind of numbed everything. It was just, it was, it was an, I was in a dark season because my body uh, was not where my spirit and where my soul wanted to be. Yeah. My body was telling me, I was at war with my own body. It was a dark time. I didn't like it at all. That is definitely where, since my body wasn't responding, that is definitely where my mind needed to be sharp and in, in charge. And I was gonna, my mind was going to tell my soul, my body, how to react. It was hard. But I came through it. Like I just leaned on the promises of God. The promises of God that he would heal me, right? Yep. Like I just believed it. Yeah. And it's not my first rodeo where I believed that God was going to heal my body. Mm-hmm. There's been moments where God's healed me in an instant. There's been other moments where it's been taking months. Like, I want my fast food now, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're in a fast food culture. We want our blessing. We want it now. So that was difficult, but I needed to go through that process. Whenever you lose a loved one, it's hard, and there's darkness there, right? So... If you learn how to grieve well, if you process that loss, if you allow the peace of God to come into your situation and guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, like you don't have to have answers. Isn't that the amazing thing about God when he moves in his spirit, when the spirit of God moves on you? You don't have to have answers. All you need is his peace. The peace of God transcends our grief. It's the best thing. Like, I hate funerals. I hate, like, I hate doing them. But when you do a, when you do a funeral for a believer, there's a joy there, despite the darkness. There is a peace there, despite the grief. 
It's a beautiful thing being connected to the body of Christ. So, you know, there are paths to experiencing God's light in dark moments. Now, there's another, there's another category of a dark moment that some of you may have, may have experienced. And it, we could be experiencing it a little bit more. And this is the darkness of evil itself. It's very strange that there are atheists and, and secular humanists who intellectually do not believe in God. They, they don't believe that there is a being that cares and loves for us. But once they play around and they see what's going on in the world, they, they acknowledge that there's evil. They can't acknowledge that there's good, but they acknowledge that there's evil. Soldiers who get deployed and seen horrible things, aid workers who are working in the worst of the worst situations, they will tell you that there is a real evil in this world. There is an enemy of God who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah? And, and he wants to... Uh, you guys okay? All right. He wants to get you. I mean, I, I know that sounds like we're talking about the boogeyman here, but it's so true. It, it's just true. I can't tell you... I can't stand up here and say that it's not true, that there's an enemy of God that wants to hurt his children. Have you ever been in an environment, a dangerous environment that you should not have been in? Yeah. Where, you know, what I love about Granite Creek, one of the things I love about Granite Creek is when I, no matter how bad things are during the week or whatever, I pull into this campus, I can feel the peace of God here, right? Like, just by osmosis, things get a little bit better when I'm here. Likewise, I have pulled into an environment where the name of the Lord is, is not lifted up, where another name is lifted up, and you feel in a spiritual oppression that makes your skin crawl. Have you ever felt that? Yeah. Yep. It's real, everybody. It's just still real. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get really weird on you now. <laughs> I've been in environments where the demonic presence is so strong, you can feel the being or the principality in the room with you. And you can even see it in the spirit. Now, on that note, it's Halloween time. Don't let your kids watch horror movies. Amen. Don't open that door. I mean, I know it's... Just, just be careful. Be on guard. Just know that the enemy of God wants to plant things in their minds, and, well, we, should just, we shouldn't go along with that. So Tolkien is a master in highlighting this tension or this contrast between light and dark. This is one of the brilliant things that he does in his writings. When you read his writings and when you, when you, when you know his history and what he had to go through in his life, 
you will see that it's kind of, it, it's it makes it into the books. You see his experience of war. You see his experience of, of, of confronting evil. So like he's been there and he's, he's done that. His major, this is, today is going to be one of his major themes, and then next week will be our last Tolkien message, and, and I'll wrap up on the other major theme that he likes to highlight. But one of his major themes throughout all of his writings is that in the midst of darkness, the darkness of the soul, whether it is everyday life, whether it is illness, fatigue, relationship, whatever, or whether it's just evil itself, whenever we find ourselves in darkness, there is a light. There is always light in the darkness when you are in that relationship with Jesus. And I'll show you some scripture, and we're going to watch a movie to show it, or a clip to show it. This is Revelation 19. Uh, just hang with me. <laughs> After this, I heard what sounded like the roar. I'm not making this up. This is it. I am not making this up. Revelation 19. I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, hallelujah. Salvation and glory, power be to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute. That's darkness, who has corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, hallelujah. The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and they worshiped God, who is seated on the throne. And they cried, amen and hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of a rushing water stand, like pouring peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, 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 for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Um, who's the bride? The church. We are. Okay. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Isn't that beautiful? Fine linen, bright and clean, was given for her to wear. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. At this, I fell at his feet and I worshiped him. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you, with your brothers and sisters, an angel is talking to, who holds the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears witness and testimony to Jesus. It's a very powerful image, very powerful truth. But what I wanted to highlight is 
the raiment of the bride. Her dress, our dress, if you will, is bright, is radiant. It's glowing. Do you know what that means? So when we put, when the bride puts on the dress that the Lord gives us, when we put on, for guys, you could say, well, it's a, man, or a jacket. If you put on a mantle, right? Because I know that guys don't want to wear dresses, at least not in this church. Um, sorry. <laughs> okay. I know. I know. I reel it in. You, you, you guys are all amazing. You guys all are really sweet people. Um, but the word of God says that your righteousness stinks. Your, that your clothes are awful, they're dirty, right? Your righteousness, if they were clothes, are, like, you, you, need a, you need some new clothes. And so the Lord gives us his clothes. He gives us his righteousness to put on like a jacket or to put on a, like, a, like a dress. But it is as if your clothes are plugged into electricity, because they light up. They're bright, they're radiant, they're shining. Why? It's because when the church walks into dark places, it needs to light it up. Isn't that cool? See, we have, a, we have raiment, we have clothes that we put on that, that are gifts from God. We put these clothes on, again, to light up the darkness. But Jesus' face is shining upon us, and he is lighting us up. What does the word of God say about the bride? We are the, the light of the world. Isn't that great? But it also says that Jesus is the light. So let me show this clip now. Um, another amazing, not amazing, but another interesting thing, and I, I hinted at this a couple weeks ago, but uh, we believe that Tolkien was afraid of spiders. Is anybody afraid of spiders? Mako is deathly afraid of spiders. And she, I don't know how it works, but she always finds them. Like, I never find spiders, but Mako finds them all the time. She, she hates them. She hates them. As a young boy, Tolkien was bit by a, by a spider in Af South Africa and about killed him. And so, you know, critics that, that are into to Tolkien, they say, or, you know, the Freudian people, like, see, there he is. He's, he's putting his fears into his, you know, he's, he's working his stuff out in his, in his stories. Um, Tolkien says that he's not, but come on. <laughs> so this clip is about Sam Wise Gamgee. He is, he's really the hero of the whole story. Of the Lord of the Rings, he is the true hero because he is the suffering servant. So he is another Christ type. He is the one that is there to serve at, like Jesus came to serve us. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. He is strong. He's courageous. Yet he's simple. He's down to earth. And there's this brotherhood that he has that is paramount to him. He, he won't give up on his brother. You don't necessarily, see, well, you do, you do see it in a little bit in the movies, but in the end of the book, it's clearly about, it's about this non-hero type personality. He is the hero. Frodo gets 
captured. I'll show the clip. But Sam's going to fight Tolkien's nemesis, a big giant spider. And the spider for Tolkien is representing darkness. It is, it's the evil, it's that principality, that demonic spirit. And, and technically, this spider is a demonic spirit. It's not a natural being, it's a spiritual being in the books. It's kind of, anyway. Uh, so he's fighting off this evil presence in a very dark place. Now, for those, so I'm going to put a couple of illustrations to help you enjoy the movie and the book a little bit better. Uh, What's your number one weapon as a Christian? The Word of God. And what what does the Bible say that the Word of God is? It's a sword, right? So carry your sword. Make sure you have a sword, the Word of God. So now when you see this clip, it's going to make a little bit better sense. The other thing that you will see that, that, you know, maybe you could have gotten the sword part, but maybe you, you might have missed this part. In the story, there is special attention given to uh, these gems of light. Do you know who is the original source of light? It's Jesus. Yeah. It is his face that shines in the darkness. So we're going to watch this clip, and so I want you to see those two illustrations, that the sword is the word of God, that you've got to have a good grasp on it, but you also need the light of Jesus in your life. Because if you don't, if you don't have both, you're going to be lopsided. Right. Like if you're reading your Bible without Jesus, uh, there's a huge problem there. <laughs> you're going to read whatever you want into it. But if you submit yourself to Jesus, and if you read your Bible with Jesus then the word becomes alive. It becomes living and becomes breathing. And if all you're doing is having conversations with Jesus, but you're not in the word, um, you might get your voice mixed up with his voice. So you need the word of God. You need some objective truth to guide you in your disciplines. All right, so the sword is the word. The light is Jesus. Let's roll this clip. This is the judgment, John 3.19, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, for their deeds were evil. That's the truth and the reality that we're living in right now. Men love evil. That's why we could possibly be on the brink of war. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 12, 35. Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while, while, you, while longer. Walk while you have the light before the darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. Isaiah 42, 6. I am the Lord. I have called you into righteousness. I will hold you by your hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people 
as light to the nations. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God says, the light shall shine out of darkness. Is the one who's shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge to the glory of God, the face of Christ. Jesus says that he is the light, but he is making us like him. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light up a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that you may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So we have to let our light shine. We need to be connected to the light, which is Jesus, and we need to be firmly established in the Word of God. You know that technically, if you are a believer, if you've crossed that line of faith, do you know that technically the enemy of God can't kill you? I mean, maybe in the physical body, but your spirit it belongs to him. You cannot, you cannot lose right now. So he cannot have victory over you if you are in Jesus. It's just the truth, and it's just the promises of God. So he can't, he can't beat you. He can't take your soul. If your soul belongs to Jesus, the enemy, that big spider can't take it. But he can get in your head. Mm -hmm. He can separate you from your word. Mm -hmm. He can push Jesus out of your life the best that he can. See, God gives us his word, and God gave his only begotten son. God gives us his son. These are, these are gifts, but it requires strength to keep a firm grasp on them. It, that is your job, to make sure that you have a firm grip on your word, that you make sure you have a firm grip on the light in your life. That, that is, Jesus' job is to save you. He, he is to redeem you and give you eternal life. That's Jesus' job. Your job is to love God with all of your strength. To have the courage when times get dark to say, no, I'm going to hold on to this light no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. That's your job. Loving God with all of your strength, with all of your being, with all of your muchness. You muster up what courage you can and what strength you have, and you don't let go of Jesus. You don't, wanna, you don't feel like reading your word. You've like been there, done that. Well, just read it again. <laughs> sharpen your axe. Sharpen your sword. Because dark days are coming, and we need the light yeah. now more than ever. Dark days are coming, and we need the word, that sword, now more than ever. Mm -hmm. Big giant monsters have to flee in our presence when we're in that. Yeah. They have no authority over us. Right. No authority over us. All right, grab your element. Band, come on up. Here's another gift we get. It's called salvation. It is free. The free gift of God. 
Sometimes when I'm a really good boy all week, um, I don't need this. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm inside of my righteousness, well, I just think that I just might have saved myself because I've been good. We don't earn this element. It is a gift, and it is life, and it is light. When Moses came off the mountain, just like the scriptures that we read, he became that light. His very flesh began to radiate life. Moses was glowing so much that it was annoying the people around him. They're like, dude, cover yourself up. We can't take this light anymore. We love our darkness. But when we are in the light, when we have the face of Jesus shining upon us, we begin to shine like he does. And that is why we eat this element to get his body inside of us. Everything that we need, all of our provision is locked up into his flesh. So receive the body of Christ. And when you do, just imagine your life lighting up the city on a hill in the midst of darkness. I am so grateful for our, our Savior. Our Savior who is a king. Our Savior who is a friend that we can all have a conversation with right now. I'm so grateful for that, that Savior. The book of Revelation says that Jesus is going to ride in on a white horse and make everything right. So he's a he's a conquering king but the reason why we have this is because Jesus is also the suffering servant he has come to serve us I want to encourage you in turn serve him he loves you with unconditional, unabiding love, and there's nothing that Jesus wants to do. He wants to do everything for you. But he wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to have a sound mind. He is out to bless you. Blessings might not be what we think that they should be. But when we take part of this new covenant, this relationship with him, when we recognize that he came to this world to serve it. Well, that's a powerful statement for us to grasp and to model. And so when we drink of this cup for the forgiveness of our sins, it washes away all of our sins. Yes, there is darkness out there in the world, but did you know that there's darkness inside of you too? And this is the only way it goes away. This is the only way that it goes away. 
Let's receive the blood of Christ to wash away the darkness that is inside of us. Receive this for the forgiveness of your sins. Thank you, Lord. Doesn't that feel good? Don't you feel a little lighter, a little brighter, a little newer today? If I could have the ushers come to the front, I'm going to receive the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for shining on us today. May we choose to hold tight your promises and your truth and your word in one hand. May we choose to hold that light of life that exposes the darkness and deeds of evil men and exposes the darkness that's inside of us. We thank you for your glorious light. We thank you for transforming us. Father, bless this offering so that we can be a light in this city and in our community. That fallen to fun is a bright light. That living nativity is a bright light. That Sunday mornings are a bright light. So thank you for your faithfulness and God bless you as you give. Make sure you have sword in one hand, the light in the other. And there's one more practical application, one more point, if you will. And that is your mouth. It has to give praise to the Lord. It needs to worship. Sword, the light, and worship God with your, with your mouth. 
One more quick little story from Tolkien. There's a moment where some heroes are in the darkest of darkest places. And there's a fairy princess and a hero, and literally they're in the pit of hell. And there's those light, bright gems, like in the, the clip that we shown. There's three of them. And it looks like everything is going to be lost. And this little fairy princess begins to sing in the darkest of places. And she creates a beautiful song. And as that beautiful song is being sung, the light of those gems begin to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And it overcomes evil. I was once in a dark place. This is really annoying when you have holy women in your family. But my aunt calls me up and says, what's wrong? So I, I told her my situation. And she says, Joshy. <laughs> it's like, I know you know this. I am not a preacher like you. But you need to give praise and you need to give worship. You need to sing worship songs right now. It's like, that's the only advice I could give you. And when you do that, light begins to shine and beauty will be revealed. So, in your life today, worship God, sing into it, pray into it, be equipped. Even in the darkest of moments, there is something beautiful to be found. Go and find it. God bless you guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his, his light shine upon you. May the Lord turn towards you in the darkest of moments. And may he fill your home with peace. God bless you. Have a great week.